This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It's me, Stephen Scott, back with you again. How did it happen? It's because I have keys. That's how it happened. Uh, Sean Priest is over there somewhere. He's getting as well. Hello, Sean. More importantly, I'm back. Hooray! Um, yeah, you're back. Great. Uh, lovely to see you. Uh, Tim Schwartz is over there. Hi, Tim. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. I am here and Sean is back and uh, that's it. So, yes, moving on. Wow. <laughs> I feel so no. welcome. We missed you, Sean. Did you enjoy your week of, um, what was it, sleeping, playing with the lads? Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Let's, let's check our terms here. Yes, it was, it was very good. It was a very manly weekend. I feel refreshed. Mm. Thank you. It was a week. Boozing, carousing, chopping wood, you know, lumberjacking. Correct, that's right. Uh, yes. Lighting fires, wrestling bears. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah, on Netflix. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a lot of suggestions kind of kicking around. And, I, you know, I hope your wife uh, or your partner doesn't. Is, is, it, is your wife or your partner? I mean, we've only known each other for how many years, but I never know this. Is it your wife or partner? I know the answer to this. Go on, Tim. No, you can answer it. I'm just saying I know the answer because we've had this discussion. Okay. I no, asked. I am not married. Although I've been with her for 30 years. Make an honest woman of a man. What is wrong uh, with you? Who does marriage? It's just expensive. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Your, your lovely partner, your long-suffering partner. Correct. Um, yes, poor I, ho- I hope she didn't tune into last week's programme for one simple reason. <laughs> we were making a few suggestions that perhaps this boy's weekend... Because, OK, look, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I'm going to say it on behalf of Tim, because Tim is too nice. But, you know, we weren't invited to it. Uh, and true. it made me start to doubt whether it was a boys' weekend, and in fact, maybe you were playing away. So we're just putting that out there, you know. <laughs> wow! Um, so come on, clarify that position, will you? Well, let me just say, I wasn't playing away. <laughs> I was trying to, but no one was playing with me. <laughs> but um, story of your life. <laughs> the fact is that I am of a certain vintage, you know, a certain age, and you two are just too young. You can't play with the big boys yet. Oh well. Yeah, right. That means we can stay up past ten. Ten? He can't stay up past eight, so... I know. I look beautiful for it. Anyway. (laughs) This is a tech show. It Um, is. Rumor has it, Believe it or not. Uh, If you're tuning in and you're saying, what is this? Uh, Don't worry, you're not alone. Uh, This is a common question asked by by many people. Uh, This is a tech show. It's all about technology for blind and partially sighted people. But you know what? We kind of like a bit of a laugh as well. Sorry. Yeah, because we always eventually get to the serious stuff. Maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the serious stuff later. (laughs) Right now we're having fun. Um, But no, look, I want to introduce a guest to the programme this week uh, because we've dabbled in the conversation around fitness, right? We've tried to talk about fitness and being fit and using technology to help us. Of course, none of us have actually done anything about this. Uh, We've talked plenty. If I could lose weight by speech, I'd be one stone right now. I've tried a few things here and there sometimes. Yeah, but we haven't. No, we haven't really, though. Really committed. <laughs> yeah, commitment is is the key. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> well, I want to bring in our guest this week, who uh, has an incredible name, Siobhan Emile, is uh, here with us. Uh, Siobhan, where are you in the world right now? I am in Toronto, Canada. Oh, what what a beautiful place! Um, now this is interesting because this show is called Double Tap Canada, and uh, let me just check your credentials here. You are Canadian. I am. Hooray! Yay. Finally! Finally! A Canadian arm. <laughs> it's our one per year limit. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it, yeah. The one a year that we get. No, uh, it's lovely to have you here, Siobhan, and uh, we're, we're glad you're here. Now, from my understanding, you do um, various slots on uh, Kelly and, and Co. Uh, here on AMI-audio. You, 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 you talk a lot about fitness, actually. That's one of your things you talk about. Um, tell yeah. us a bit about that before we get into the tech side. I am the fitness contributor for Kelly and Company. I am on every second week on a Tuesday around 2.30 and we talk all things fitness. Why not every week? I would talk to them about this. Well, the nutritionist comes on the week I'm not on. So we sort of share the, uh, the bi-weekly situation. I'd rather hear from there's you. There's eight other days in that two-week period that they could have you on. Yeah. Okay, well, you guys, you go and uh, bat for me, and then maybe they'll <laughs> listen to you, and we'll see how it goes from there, well, okay? I don't know that we're welcome on Kelly and Company, are we? I, I don't know. Steven, you did that show once, didn't you? I did, I'll be honest with you, Tim. I don't even know if we're welcoming AMI audio at the moment. Uh, <laughs> well, so, this, you know, let's not push it. This is factually correct, um, yes. <laughs> Right, look, Siobhan, it's great to have you here because uh, we want to talk about fitness, but tech in particular. I know you've been doing a bit of research. I'm hesitant to call you an expert because you've told me not to call you an expert. And she's on um, the show. When it comes to tech? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're on this program. So, yeah, we're always a bit wary of that word. Um, but you, you've looked into this. You've been doing a lot of research. In fact, this is something you've been researching for a while, isn't it? That, that technology could help us, uh, us blind people who perhaps need to lose some weight. Um, you know, it could actually help achieve that. Yeah, sometimes you just need to see your goals going down. Like, say, for example, you think I want to walk and burn 400 calories a day or 400 extra calories, but you're not sure if you're doing that, right? So it would be cool if you could see that happening or hear that happening. Um, and then you think, wow, I've done it. You know, I, I, meet, I, re I reached my goal. And then you might think, well, maybe tomorrow or next week or when I'm ready, I could burn an extra 100 calories or... You know, how many calories have I burned during this workout? It's just something to motivate you, you know, to help you stay on the workout track if that's what you choose to do. And technology can help you do that because it, it sort of gives you something to, you know, to, to, uh, to measure your success with. Instead of thinking, well, I think I burned 400 calories. I'm not sure. But then you look at the tech and it says, you've burned 410 calories. And then you think, wow, I did it. I did it. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> I think that's what it is, though. And it? it's about tracking. If we just take the accessibility side out of it for a minute, this whole fitness tech uh, thing has exploded because once you start tracking things like calories or how many steps or, you know, the food intake and water intake, it, it does make a difference. It is all about just knowing what you're doing and, and keeping an eye on it or an ear. Yeah, because I have... Um... I have a treadmill with a screen on it. It's a pretty old treadmill. And I had to get someone to tell me, you know, okay, you've burned this amount of calories when yeah. you've been on for this long going this fast. And you have to remember that, right? So I'm on for an hour. I go at this, at this rate. Oh, I think I've burned this amount of calories, yeah. you know, but with, if you have something that you can listen to or look, you know, or use, if it's, if it's totally accessible, then you know, Hopefully, but then we got to talk about how accurate are these things, right? How accurate is it really? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? How accurate is this technology? I mean, even the even the really expensive, properly you know built for the job fitness gear, you know, we can question a little bit. Um, but I guess what I want to get into is the kind of tech that we can use that will be accessible to us, and and actually one of the the challenges for a lot of blind people is, is, like you say, keeping up with the information as it's happening. So instead of having to remember you've been on the treadmill for an hour, 
Um, I mean, that just seems hilarious to me. The idea of even being near a treadmill for an hour, never mind being on it. Um, but I like I like this idea of knowing what's going on. And, and for that reason, and I'm going to be the first one to say it, I have an Apple Watch. And I know it has got a huge amount of potential there when it comes to activity, when it comes to moving about. I mean, you know, two things really, I guess, that we can talk about with the Apple Watch, which is that it's got the capability to sort of capture your everyday movement, moving around, climbing stairs, whatever you do. Again, laughable for me. Um, but when it comes to activity, like going to the gym or stepping on the treadmill, there are plans and programs you can follow using the watch, and all of that's accessible. So, I mean, the Apple Watch is a good contender, but I wonder what your thoughts are on that and maybe the other tech that's out there. Yeah, the Apple Watch is great. Um, If you're not a technical person, it can get a bit um, daunting trying to put it all together. You know, you have to set it up with your phone. It asks you for a little bit of information about yourself. Can you share some information about how much do you weigh? How tall are you? What is your activity level? And they want you to be pretty honest, right? Because they want to calculate how many calories you might want to burn. The only thing is there's, so not, you, there's not an option there that says rather not say. And, and I would rather... Exactly. I want that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I noticed too... So if you say, well, I'm not that active, it'll say something like, uh, uh, you know, 250 calories is what your goal is. You can change some of that. So you might say, well, I'm moderately active and it might say, it might give you a number, but you can put it higher if you want. It's kind of frightening when you have to type in your weight or choose your weight and your height. You think, must I, must I share this information with my watch? (laughs) But you know what? You know, I guess it's just to help you calculate exactly how many calories you're burning you know, what activity you're doing. And with the workouts, you have to pick the workout you're going to do. So say you say, okay, I'm going to work out. I'm going to do an indoor walk. And so you pick that and then it has an open goal. And I thought, what does that mean? What's open goal? So I was asking an Apple person and it just said, it's just the way of beginning the workout. So it's, it, it's, it's technically, how do I say this? It can be a bit daunting at first because you don't always understand what all the terms mean, right? So, but you keep trying at it and yeah, it can be a lot of fun. I sometimes question it's um, um, how accurate it is because it'll say to me, you've been standing for 10 hours and I'll think, really? I don't remember doing that, (laughs) you know? So, you know, so I'm wondering, wait a minute, if you tell me I've been standing for 10 hours and I don't recall standing for 10 hours, how accurate are you with the fitness stuff? But at least it gives you some idea, you know, it gives you some ideas to what's happening and how much, how much calories you're burning. Do you know, do you know what an Apple Watch is like? I would say this, I, I think most of these devices are like this, but I mean, we're talking oh, about no. accessibility here. No, I fear I, an analogy coming yeah, out. Here it comes. Yeah, get the alarm out. out. Uh, here it is. Uh, no, I mean, I do. I think it is a bit like when someone says to you, oh, do you know what? You look good today. And you think, oh, do I? I mean, I often, I'm very suspicious of a comment like that. But, you know, that usually <laughs> means I haven't, I haven't covered myself in gravy. Um, but... <laughs> You know, if, if when someone says that to you, you kind of do feel, oh, so, you know, even if it is a lie, right, even if it's all lies, um, it, it's, it kind of just perks you up for a little moment or two. Um, and I think that's what these devices do. So they may not be exact, 
Um, but you know, it does maybe pick you up. And is that maybe good enough, Siobhan? Is that not good enough sometimes just to yeah. get you moving? You know, it's like, well, yeah. I, well, I'm doing something. Yeah, and and I think um, you can set. Now I haven't done this yet. I think you might be able to set it up too, where once you've reached your heart rate. So if you figure out what your heart rate is, or what what you know what. Um, Hi. Yeah. <laughs> what if you want to meet, you know, whatever the, you know, it, it might even haptically let you know, which might help if you're training for a certain, like a marathon or you're doing, you know, a certain type of workout. So for example, you can also pick, um, what do they call it? Interval training. So with an interval workout, you go slow and then fast and then slow and then fast. And if you pick interval, then it behaves differently than if you pick just an indoor stroll, you know what I mean? Indoor walk. So that that's exciting too, because then you you can see again that information that sort of pumps you up, right? Like, oh, I've burned four hundred ten. Let's go for four hundred twenty. Let's go for four hundred thirty, right? Now the thing about the watch, though, um, because it is a wearable and you wear it on your wrist, there's certain types of workout that I get worried about doing. So for for example, kettlebell training, because you're swinging kettlebells, you don't want to hit your watch and and think, uh oh, you know. So then I'm thinking, well, I've I got have... a solution to that. I can solve that problem for you okay, right okay. away, Siobhan. Don't, Don't do kettlebells. Yeah, I thought that's what you were going to say. But uh, <laughs> if you want to do kettlebells, you have to be careful that you don't, because you do rest the kettlebells against your wrist and that type of thing. And you, you, I get worried about the watch. I don't know if they have it so you can wear it around your neck so you can still get the information that you need. Only if you've got a very thin neck. Exactly. Like, I don't know if they have Are a... Are you a giraffe? No, but I mean, no, but I mean, I don't know if they have a, like a like a lanyard for the watch. You know what I mean? Something like that. But then you don't want it swinging around either, right? So, yeah. You can turn it around though, can't you? Yeah. You can wear it on the inside of your wrist. Yeah, yeah. But I still think like you, you know, if you swing those kettle, if you, you know, swing those kettlebells or whatever, I always take it off. I think, oh, well, I guess I won't know. And I don't think there's a kettlebell setting. So if you're doing a kettlebell workout, there is an other. (laughs) So you can think, well, it's another. I'll put other, you know? Tim, I just want to bring you in on this because you know I, know I know that this is actually kind of personal to you, and it is to me as well to some degree. Um, yes. A feature uh, that was announced last year in the Apple Watch uh, about uh, slow heart rates really kind of piqued my interest because uh, I had my own issue uh, a couple of years ago where, and uh, I say this you know in the lightest possible way in the use, by using the word issue, uh, it did involve several days in the hospital and not much fun. Um, but, you know, basically my heart slowed right down, which caused me to, to have an attack, but not in the kind of way you would expect, right? So mm-hmm. um, that wasn't much fun. And Apple brought out a feature uh, in the Apple Watch last year, which would now track that. Uh, one thing it also does is track high blood pressure, high heart rate as well. And uh, I know, Tim, that's something that's that's been quite, well, the whole thing really, all of this technology has been really useful for for everybody, um, but, you know, being able to keep track of, of heart rate is really important for you, isn't it? It has been. I, I didn't used to have any problems, and my heart is healthy and strong, thankfully. However, as some listeners know, last year I, I had had some issues with dehydration, and my heart rate was tachycardic, where basically it, it just wasn't – to say it wasn't beating correctly. And to have an Apple Watch that told me either A – your heart rate, heart rate has gotten way too low, or in my case, a lot of the times that it's gotten way too high. And I can set that parameter to tell it, you know, let me know if it's gotten below this heart rate or above this heart rate, this threshold. And that's been very helpful for me because last year, 
I was sent to the emergency room, having been dehydrated, having my heart rate or my heart be a little tachycardic. And it turned out that I had uh, a pulmonary embolism in each of my lungs. Very, very small, had no other symptoms, but just knowing, okay, I'm dehydrated. My heart rate is off. You know, my, my watch told me that my doctor did some tests and we went to the hospital for more tests that could have very easily saved my life, probably did save my life. So I, I believe in this technology. I've read so many things, as I'm sure I know you guys have, and I'm sure Siobhan has, where you know you talk about you know Fitbit versus Apple Watch or versus other heart monitoring systems. And if for nothing else, for the Apple Watch's purposes, if I if I didn't have anything else, the heart monitoring alone is so valuable. But like Siobhan was talking about, all the activity uh, tracking, being able to track if I'm if I'm on a, a, an elliptical machine or, or or something like that, or taking a walk, or just moving around, whatever it is, just to know, okay, I, I did something and, and my heart rate is this. And because I had those issues, I can track my heart rate and just make sure that I'm okay, you know, and that it's not getting too high or too low. So yeah, something like that is is so invaluable. Wow, are you two going to make it to the end of the show or what? I'm, I'm getting concerned. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, I, I don't want to get too serious about this, right? Because, I mean, it's, this is a very serious issue, though. Um, and, and something it can I did. Be, yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it, it, in your case and in my case, it could have been that Sean would have been left hosting this program, which actually, when you oh, think no. about it, is pretty terrifying. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, look, I learned this week, I didn't know this, but obesity is very heavily linked to cancer. I actually never really, I mean, it makes perfect sense when you think about it. I had no idea that that, that obesity was linked to cancer. I kind of thought there's a lot of factors involved in cancer, right? But I didn't think obesity and me stuffing chocolate in my mouth actually would contribute to that. And and it's kind of those little wake-up calls you get. Um, I I mean, I don't want to get into the conversation about why we aren't getting fit, because we'd be here for the next five hours. Um, But I think... (laughs) But I think it comes a point, Sean, when you kind of do need to, to do something. And if technology can do it, like, I mean, we're geeky guys, right? So we want to play around with technology. Um, and, and, you know, in fairness to you, you have done a little bit of that. I mean, I say a little bit. That's, you know, that's me being generous. <laughs> Look, and it is purely because of the technology. I'm just going to ignore that, Stephen. It is because of the technology. The Apple Watch that I got, the tracking on it. You know, it, it does make a difference. As Siobhan said, just keeping track of of how many calories you're doing, even if it's a tiny bit of exercise, which I started to do, even if it's a tiny bit, just knowing that you can see that every week it's getting a little bit better and a little bit more. And if you don't track it, then you tend to forget about it and you fall out of the routine of doing it. Whereas if you've got the numbers there and you can see that there's improvement, then it definitely makes a difference. But, I mean... F- the thing for us is the accessibility. The Apple Watch is accessible. You can monitor this uh, information on the actual watch itself or through the app on the iPhone, um, which is great because a lot of the other ones, I'm thinking of the Fitbit, which is the other, I think, main player in this wearable fitness tech. Um, the actual device itself that you wear on your wrist is totally inaccessible, um, or at least it has been. I haven't tried the latest edition, the latest sort of smart watch version, but as far as I know, they've always been inaccessible. But the app where you can monitor the uh, information and track the fitness data is accessible. So something like the Fitbit is another great option. Yeah, Siobhan, let's talk a bit about that. So some of the other gadgets that are out there, you've, I know you've been looking at a few of them. Uh, any others that stand out for you in terms of accessibility, or is it is it just the Apple Watch as we fear? Well, there's there's a, a lot of Fitbits, so I guess there's different 
models of Fitbits. And as it's, it's like Sean was saying, the app I think is pretty accessible, but the unit may not be. There's so many different Fitbits. I haven't looked at every one, but um, they also track steps, calories, distance, sleep. And some of them have reminders to move, just like the watch does. You know, the, the Apple Watch says, you know, breathe, um, move, whatever. Um, some of them you can wear while you're swimming. So that's pretty cool. If you're a swimmer, that's, that's you know, that's helpful. Um, mm-hmm. But if you have no vision, then I don't know how accessible the Fitbit models really are. I think uh, you can use them with an app. I'm not sure if the, I think the app does work with voiceover, but the unit themselves, I'm not quite sure how accessible they are. If you have some vision, you can get ones that have different lighting. So you can, I guess, change the lighting so that you can see it properly based on what, you know, what works for you. But again, without vision, I'm not quite sure how accessible the actual units are. I think that's the thing, isn't it, guys? I mean, you know, when it comes to, the tech it does depend on your level of vision uh i mean i've found I, I did try the fitbit a couple of years ago and i found you could see it with a magnifying glass in my case anyway the text is very small on there um yeah. and uh you, but you're right you get different ones the one you get and i can't remember the name of it it's a fitbit i want to say flex flex 2 don't think that's yeah. right. or flex is it? flex 2 yeah yeah, yeah. They bring out so many all the time that yeah. they keep changing. But, but I think it, the Charge 2 is sort of the mid-range one. The Charge is the, charges like the watch, but then the Fitbit Flex, that's actually, it's, it doesn't have a screen at all. It's got lights on it, yeah. but I don't know what they're for. Yeah. Uh, and it goes inside a little band. So it's a tiny little device that actually sits inside a band. You could wear that round, as I actually did with for a while, around my ankle. Um, because actually it was a great way to, to capture steps. Tagged. Yeah, it meant I could. I, I knew what it would be like to be a criminal. Yeah, um, you know, if I ever wanted. Well, I watched. I watched so many documentaries with my wife about crime. I thought it might be nice to try living as a criminal for a while, at least in the sense of wearing a tag. Um, but anyway, moving on swiftly from that particular horrific experience, <laughs> yes, um, I do think some of this tech's really interesting. I mean, you know, because you can track with a Fitbit on the app. And that, for some people, might be good enough. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it depends on what you, as the individual, would prefer. And if the app is accessible and that's what you prefer, that's great. I think the lights, too, help people as they're getting to their goal. I guess the lights get brighter or something. It has something to do with... No. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. happened with me, oddly enough. <laughs> but I'm not... Head I don't want to... I don't want to say that's for <laughs> sure, you know, but um, yeah, but... So it depends on what your your goals are, um, or what you you know what you're comfortable with. If you don't mind just using the app, and even in the Apple Watch, you can look at the health app on your phone, and it tells you information from the watch as well. So the health app, the watch app, and the watch itself. So you know you can use it in the way that you find most comfortable. Well, and as somebody with no real functional, useful vision, I like the Apple Watch more for that exact reason. I did use a Fitbit for quite a while before getting an Apple Watch. And what you say, Siobhan, is is right. There wasn't really any functionality at all on the watch itself. I would log into the Fitbit app and check my steps and all the things that, that it shows me there. But I had to pull out the phone every time I wanted to see that information, if I wanted to track something or got a notification from it. And for me, for my use case, that just didn't do it for me. That wasn't helpful to have to check an app every time I wanted to see what was going on. To be able to just you know 
tap on my wrist, tap on the watch and get that information in real time. Get those reminders right there on the watch without having to go to my phone. For me and my use case and my vision level, that ended up being a much better choice for me. Combining that with the health app on, on the phone, if I wanted to use it, like Sean said, that that's good. Apps like MyFitnessPal and so many other apps that I've used, because there are so many and they are accessible with voiceover, they can be big helps as well. And they also usually work on the Apple Watch. So for me, that's been the much better experience. Also too, if you're in a fitness class and the instructor says, okay, now we're going to monitor our heart rates or something. And, and she has everybody say marching in place with their in the old fashioned way, you know, two fingers on the neck or whatever. And then you're going to count. She's going to count down with you. You don't have to do that anymore. You can just look at your watch and go, Oh yeah, I'm in the zone. Right. So, you know, we, we used to ask people in fitness class, I would measure heart rates by saying, so how are you guys feeling? Can you, can you talk to me? Can you, can you sing? Can you, you know what I mean? <laughs> but now, you know, <laughs> cause I don't want like, okay, everybody, everybody keep marching. We're going to do a heart you know, a heart test or whatever. No, you can now everybody just looks down on their watch and say, yep, I'm there. I'm in the zone. I'm good. Right. But it, before it was, you know, how are you feeling? Are you a six? Are you, how, can you, are you, are you ready to collapse? Are you going to fall over? You, <laughs> you know, yeah, now you can just, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so therefore, if you're on a treadmill or doing something and you think, how many calories have I burned? I'm really sick of this. You know, <laughs> 200, that's it. Oh man, you know, you, the information is right there and it might motivate you. Okay. Okay. I can do it. I can do it. I, I want to go to 202, 205 because it's right there. You don't have to open the app, swipe on your phone, you know, oh, where is it? Where's the calorie part? You know what I mean? It's, it, it can really be exciting to have that information right there. Right. And it can inspire you. I just, just one more calorie, one more, two more, five more. And it's right there. That's what Sean usually says when he's eating lamb chops. One more, two more. <laughs> One more, two three more. more. Right, stop it. Let's just stop this apple love for a minute. Because there's absolutely I used to go when I used to go to the gym back in the day, I had the Fitbit and I had the Fitbit app open on my phone. The phone was in my pocket and it was just focus was on the steps or maybe on the heart rate. And every now and again when it changed it would announce it. So it was pretty straightforward and let's not forget the cost of the apple watch plus you need an iphone as well it is an expensive ecosystem to get into and the fitbit um although the actual hardware itself isn't accessible the app totally is accessible as far as i know it's on android it's uh, accessible via talkback as well it is accessible via voiceover on ios and um i think it's uh, it's definitely an option and as you said there's so many different models you can you know, get in on any price point really depending on what sort of features you want and for us in our case the only features we need really is the um the amount of steps and if you want to know calories you need the heart rate as well so it's even easier so i think the fitbit is definitely a, a good option that's good to know Siobhan, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you're a regular every couple of weeks. We're going to we're going to use our absolutely limitless amount of influence at AMI Audio to get you on every week there. Um, that, by the way, means nothing will happen, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> we don't deliver very well on that front. But listen, it's been great having you on. Uh, do listen to Siobhan uh, talking about fitness with Kelly and Co. here on AMI-audio, and uh, thank you for coming on and sharing your, your knowledge. It is something that we don't get much on this program, so we appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks, Siobhan. Thank you, Siobhan. Well, listen, I don't know about you, but after that, I feel like a sit-down and a talk. Um, ah. 
and maybe over some food. Uh, let's take a short break. We'll be right back uh, with the food and a talk about, well, what's going on at Apple? Johnny Ive has gone. Uh, what does that mean for the future of Apple and does anybody care? That's next. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada. Good to have you back with us. And uh, yeah, Sean, Tim, and I are here. It's good having Shivana, wasn't it? She knew things. I liked her. Um, we should do more of that. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Let's get more people that know things. Yes, on. we should commit to that going forward. Yeah, I think so. Um, look, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about Johnny Ive leaving Apple because this was big news. I mean, I must admit, I read it at first. I kind of thought I was reading a joke. On Twitter, yeah, just this little post popped up saying, you know, oh, Johnny Ives left. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but then I read it and I did my kind of journalistic training, which was like, check umpteen sources. And yes, they all said the same thing. So, all right, okay, it's real. Um, okay, so Johnny Ives, for those who don't know, was the kind of main designer of a lot of products at Apple, most notably um, the iPod. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of other products, a lot of Macs uh, that came out, and a lot of the newer kind of, uh, I say newer, at the time they were the kind of cool Macs, you know, the little bubble ones. Um, I, I read an interesting story about the iMac that he had designed. This was the one that was like the screen, and it was all in one, and it was the first time we'd seen that, and it had a handle on the back. And I remember this, because I always remember thinking, that's strange, a computer having a handle on the back, but never really questioned it beyond that. And he was asked, you know, why did you put a handle on a computer? Because really it's a static device. You don't really move it around. And he said it's because computers are in some ways so, you know, un, they're, they're quite kind of far away, distant things. You don't want to touch them. If you're nervous about computers, you don't like using computers, um, they're quite impersonal. And uh, he said, just having something on it that you can just touch kind of makes it feel okay. Um and oh, and, inter- and interestingly, and interestingly, this is how he kind of got started in the world of design. He went to work for some um, company. I think it was like a Japanese pen maker, very famous pen, fancy, you know, cost a fortune type thing. And he had developed this little thing. He was asked to try something, you know, design something for us, see how you got on. And it wasn't really for market. It was just an idea. And he put this pen together and it had like this little ball bearing sticking out the top of it, kind of hanging down. And they said, you know, why why have you put that on there? And he said, well, you know, people like to fiddle with things, and especially pens. He'd noticed over the years a lot of people would sit and click their pens all day and night. And Choose the end. Why not put something on there that you can just play with, you know, so just a little ball bearing or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and it became very popular. In fact, they sold, they, they, sold, they got the design up and running and, and sold it and made a lot of money out of them with that. And obviously, his career has gone from strength to strength. So he's been a big part of a lot of the design of a lot of the products, up to and including the latest AirPods, for example. So um, he's he's a major part of the company. He's now gone, although he is not completely gone. He's setting up his own company, and that company will service Apple. Um, so he's not going to be away too far. Uh, <laughs> no. But it's an interesting departure. What do you think, Tim? I think that I'm going to miss his fantastic voiceover descriptions during WWDC keynotes. <laughs> Whenever they announce a brand new product, especially something that he had, you know, a, a big hand in the design and creativity of, which was most everything, 
the, those those descriptions, the the elegant design of the new Apple Watch will just I I I, I can't even do it. That justice. was amazing. I that thought was, he was in the room. That was awful. But um, <laughs> but thank you. But no, it's you know he really has been a major asset uh to the tech world, quite honestly, because he has done mm-hmm. so many. Well, I say that because he has been very innovative and and very creative in his designs and pretty much everything that we've used from Apple for the last say at least 10 years or well many more obviously but things that we're familiar with today he has had a had a hand in designing now like you said Stephen, it, it's not like he's going far he, he's opening up shop on his own letting someone else kind of you know take over things at apple and kind of passing the torch but he's still going to be very involved he's still going to be designing apple's still going to be using those designs so yes it's a departure but not really. <laughs> no, it is a big deal, though, because it was always it Steve Jobs and Johnny Ives. There was those two names that you thought of immediately when you thought of Apple. And That's those right. were the names that were given the credit, if you like, for turning Apple around. And it was that iMac design, that colourful design, that, that away from the rectangle beige box that was always a computer before, that really first put Apple on the radar, I think. That's the first time I really noticed them. And, of course, then you've got the iPod and the iPhone, which, you know, blew everything apart. Amazing. But I've got to say, I don't think the iPhone is an amazing design. You look at that camera hump at the back. That drives me crazy. <laughs> First thing, it's up in the right-hand corner, and it's not flush. That just... Sometimes I think design over usability. Not being able to lay it flat... That sort of design. Look, I, I'm a nobody, right? This is Johnny Ives. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm having a go at for his design prowess. But I, sometimes I think sometimes the design at Apple takes um, takes uh, precedent over the actual usefulness and the usability of a of a product. So I'm not really that that worried by it. I'd be quite happy to see it handed over to someone else. And Apple have said that they've put two people in charge of one person in in charge of the hardware design and one person in charge of the software, whereas before Johnny Ive was sort of overseeing both sides of it. Uh, And there's there's pros and cons to that sort of model, I suppose. But I'm quite excited to see what else is brought to the table and if there will be a change in the sort of design language that Apple use. I don't know. Mm, I don't. Well, I don't disagree with you about the iPhone hump, uh, as you Ridiculous. beautifully call it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I, I, and it's going to get worse, isn't it? Because is there not is not the new one going to be some kind of? I always think it's like someone stuck a tile. You know, those little tile it does, yes. gadgets that let you find your keys. It's as if someone stuck one of those on the back of the iPhone. Because uh, it's that kind of rectangular shape that's going to take over because they, they're going to put more tech in. I think in some ways the problem with the design of the iPhone is they've kind of made it so thin that to make it any thicker now would be a problem. They wouldn't, you know, that would be exactly, an issue. Exactly, but why? I mean, you know, for the, the the sake of a couple of millimeters to make the um, the camera unit sort of flush, um, you know, you're thickening the battery. Battery life is going to be better. It's all about that important thinness for some reason. And that's always impressive. I remember the first time I got hold of an iPhone and, you know, you're sort of blown away by the, the what they can pack in there. And like the MacBook, um, the Air. The Air was amazing when I first yeah, saw that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but then again, I'm thinking, well, that's fine. But then I put this down and it wobbles because of the, the camera hub. I know I'm, I'm focusing on that because it really annoys me. Yeah, but then you look Clearly. at the AirPods, right? And the AirPods are <laughs> beautiful. I mean, I, I won't be honest. Well, really? look, they're a, bit, they're a bit of a Marmite design, okay? Because <laughs> let's be honest about it. You know, you, there are people who love them 
uh, and people who have odd ears. And uh, that's kind of it, really. Um, you know, so I, I have not normal. You know, it's funny because I'm very rarely called normal in my life. No. Nope. Um, you know, I, I never. It's, <laughs> no, it's never happened. Okay. Um, but I do have normal ears because my ears take Apple AirPods beautifully and I can swing my head from left to right and they don't fall out any time. I love them. Really? What happened to your uh, AirPods 1, Stephen? Mm. I lost them. Uh, okay, good. Mm. good. But that's beside the point. <laughs> that's got nothing to do with anything. They're rattling um, around inside your head somewhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I can't get to sleep at night. I knew there's something in my ear. Um, but yeah, that is, that is a design that I think is very clever. Um, I, I think there's something just... I'll be honest, I think the one thing, if I was to think about anything that made me think, wow, I love this about Apple... Actually, it's the packaging of products. I think Apple have got that nailed. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's designing that. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I know that the the design of the packaging, the smell, the the experience of opening the box, and you know the, the kind of toughness of the box when you open up. You know, you pull off the lid, and it's like, oh, here we go. And yeah. you know, oh, that's beautiful. I mean, that alone is an experience. I'm right there um, with you on all of that, except. The, the smell? What does it smell like? Buttered popcorn when you open it up? What, what are the smell? It smells new. The new it does. smell. It has a new, new smell. Car smell. In fact, okay. did you know there was a shop selling online, and I think it was in the US only, so Tim, I'm expecting you to buy all of the all, all of us one of these for Christmas this year. Yes, sir. Um, a, a MacBook, a fresh new MacBook candle. MacBook candle. I wish I was kidding you on here, but it's a bright, it's a real thing. It's a, so you get like a, a that, that smell you get when you open the box, and that is available in candle smell. So if you want to know what a MacBook on fire smells like, <laughs> then now you know. Well, a new MacBook on air, a yeah, new MacBook on, on fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a really interesting. Uh, story i guess for apple because it is going to mark a change yeah um but i i kind of i'm i'm like you i think sean i think i'm a bit more positive about this i think maybe it's about time apple had a bit of a rethink on its design of products i'd like to see things move away from their current designs just because they, they feel so old in some ways um although bizarrely uh i've got a macbook pro 2015 model and it was in an apple store the other day and I was asking someone about something on the had an issue with it, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, and I was having this issue, so I pulls out the the MacBook Pro and I sit it next to the new, brand new 2019 uh, MacBook Pro. And bizarrely, even though when I'm outside of the shop, when I'm at home, I think this is just the same thing. <laughs> it really isn't. It's a totally new design. It feels totally new, totally different. So maybe there's a familiarity with it, but they are certainly evolving. Yeah. Um, but look, can I, can I just mention my issue with my MacBook this week that I if want to you bring must, up? Can we stop you? No. Um, here it is. <laughs> so I get an update to the Mac operating system. Not Catalina, right? I'm not moved on. We're still on Mojave. This, I'm not running betas on this. This is my main machine, so I'm not doing that. But I get a system update, so I upgrade, and it's all fine. The next minute, voiceover has changed everything. I think I was using Samantha as a voice before in voiceover on the computer, and now it's changed it to Daniel. So I go into the settings, and I change it back to Samantha. And then, every single time I'm using VoiceOver, 
I'm having one voice tell me it's a button, one voice tell me it's text, one voice tell me something else. I've got different voices all over the place. I've got like three people explaining what a link is on Google. Are you sure these aren't just the regular voices in your head? I thought that. I took the medication. <laughs> okay, and, good. Uh, no, it was fine. It, it, it was still doing it. Hmm. So, yeah, so I looked into this a bit, and it seems as if whenever there's an update, a bigger update, clearly, to macOS, it does kind of muck around with your voiceover settings. But this one, what it's done is, when you go into voiceover and you choose your voice, you're inside a table, right? And you go into the table and you, you select your voice and you select the, the rate of speech. You think that's it. But actually, if you, got to, if you go further than that, there's an edit button. And when you go in there, there's like six different opportunities for you to use this vo- a different voice in different areas of the system. Um, so it might be text attributes or how labels are mentioned or specific text. I, I kind of, I, I think I'm guessing one of two things here. Either this is a regular update and I'm just becoming aware of it, or we're moving towards in these updates a more customizable voiceover even on the Mac because I'll be honest I didn't think it was this customizable before um and it may well have been but it certainly wasn't I think it was that. yeah I think it was but we talked about this months ago when uh, an update come for Mac OS I can't remember which one it was but um people were having this problem I've had this problem I had Daniel all over and I could not change it um so it is an issue, and, and some people are going in, like you've done, going in and changing it manually, and sometimes that fixes the problem, but sometimes it doesn't. I had to use the Mac recently, and I updated everything, and um, I didn't have that problem, though I've still got the audio ducking. The volume goes up and down, and that's that's irrelevant if the auto-ducking uh, option is enabled or disabled. VoiceOver sounds like it's running away from me every now and again. So yeah, Maybe I, it is. Maybe it's probably I need to use some mouthwash and some deodorant, maybe. But it's 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 driving me crazy, and I've had that for a while with Mac now, and I haven't been able to fix it. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy with that. But maybe it is. Maybe like iOS 13. I want to talk about iOS 13, even though I know you talked about it last week when I wasn't here. Just a but little bit. With iOS 13 having the, um, you're being able to customize what voice is in what app or, or what particular activity you're in now. Maybe they're trying to, you know put that across the board. Well, that's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking they're they're trying to do here is is to give you we'll just call it for lack of a better term a, a different profile per app per instance of whatever you're doing like you said activity and yeah, I've played with that a little bit in iOS 13 along with changing my gestures and all that. And I do really like it. It's it's a little glitchy right now, of course, in the beginning. But I do like the fact that I can, very similar to profiles on JAWS. I don't know if MVDA does this or not, but you can create different profiles in JAWS where if you want to read something like a long form, you know, like a web page or you're reading an ebook or something, you can quickly switch to a different voice without having to do in the settings. You can set up a, a keyboard shortcut profile to do that. And it, I don't think it's automatic, but you can switch quickly. With voiceover, you can actually have it automatic. And I, I do really like that feature. Yeah, I, I like it as well. But I just, I'd kind of like to know what's going to happen, you know. Um, <laughs> Apple knows best. It's like when you get the taxi driver you really don't like and, you know, you, you, you want to get to where you're going. You've got to put up with it. But, you know, you'd like to know what's going to happen first, you know. <laughs> Um, so, uh, what, what are your gripes about iOS 13 or likes about iOS 13, Sean? What do you want to say? Let's get it all out in the open now. Well, I'm just impressed. With my recent love of Android, 
and um, the customization of the gestures, which I thought was great. Seeing that command option in the accessibility settings was great. I, I think it's about time. I haven't played with it that much. I, I just heard that you have, Tim, so I'm interested to see how you got on with it. But being able to change uh, voiceover gestures, particularly, you know, how many times have we heard people saying, I, I can't do the rotor gesture. I'm having real mm. problems with that. So yeah. the ability to pick a different gesture is fantastic. And, um, yeah, I think that's great. I, I've really had a look at the accessibility settings, and um, I was quite impressed. Usually... There's, uh, you know, it's, we're looking for the minor changes, but in iOS 13, there there really has been some major work done on VoiceOver. I thought it was great. Yeah, VoiceOver so far for me has worked really well on iOS 13. I still don't recommend people update, at least, no. as, especially as as of this uh, airing of this episode. I wouldn't because it's still a bit glitchy if you turn off or on certain features. That they you talking about the what the episode or the, uh, or the... both? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the episode and and iOS thirteen are both a little a bit glitchy. glitchy this week, guys. Yes, Sorry about exactly. that. Sorry, yes, but no, I, it's it's a little frustrating. But of course, we're we're still so early on, and I did see this week that if you have an iPhone seven or seven plus. They're not pushing the updates to those phones. So I don't know what's going on there, but there's a problem. So you're not getting the uh, subsequent beta updates just yet on those phones, which I'm one of those. So that's not good. But <laughs> but as far as voiceover goes, though, yeah, setting the commands, changing things. I mentioned last week that I, I set a command to do the app switcher and to lock my screen. I've changed the uh, well, I don't I didn't get rid of the rotor, but I did add the ability to, to use a couple gestures to do the rotor with finger gestures as opposed to turning the rotor itself and yep. all that works really well and really nicely and, and so I, i'm really pleased with that voice control i know we talked about this last week too it's not necessarily a blindness accessibility type type of feature but voice control is really nice and works well with voiceover and yeah i i have been been really happy with it so far i'm actually thinking i'm going to take a long look at the uh, iphones in september the new iphones because um i really do like these new features they've added to voiceover and if the hardware is um i don't know if, if the hardware is something I, I i actually like this year then um Maybe I'll be going back to the iPhone. There, iPhone SE two, iPhone SE two. I will say it again, iPhone SE two. Now, Tim Cook, I know you're listening. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Get it done, because I'll tell you something. My little iPhone SE, I struggle with it because it's a lovely little phone. I love the size of it. I love its style. Um, even currently, I'll be honest, um, with making a few adjustments to voiceover that I can, it's really punchy. It really does the job, and it's a lovely little phone to have. Uh, I just want something that size, that kind of form factor. I don't see it happening, if I'm honest. Not that style, anyway. I think the, that No, it's particular. gone. Forget about it. I think yeah, that's going to well, be what was the 10R last year. I think that R line, that R model, is going to be the new SE probably mm -hmm. going forward. But I agree. I, I like the form factor of the SE. If they do bring it out, Please call it two. Don't call it the SE ten for obvious reasons. That would just <laughs> confusing. Well, not just confusing, but 
don't go there. I know what you're. No, stop it. Because they use Roman numerals. Yeah, all I'll say. Just don't use the Roman numeral ten after SE. But but no, I would definitely buy it. I think we did these jokes before. I'm sure this was. As you always say, you recycle them all. So yes, we do. Yes, very ecologically responsible. Is that the right word? I have no idea. Well, let me ask you this. I recently, I've recently spoken to three or four people that have just gone out and bought a uh, iPhone XR. Okay? Great phone, very popular. But I'm always thinking, well, we're, what, two months away from uh, the new release? Do you ever recommend people buy anything this close to a a new launch of a new phone? No. No. Well, there you go. That was simple. (laughs) No, No, because honestly, you are this close. Yes, it will be announced in September, may not come out for another month or so after that. But still, you are so close. When those new phones come out, the previous year's phones usually get deducted quite a bit in price, you know, several hundred dollars or more. And so... Whoa, 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 whoa. Several hundred? No, no, no. Usually a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, a couple hundred. A hundred dollars it'll drop, maybe. Maybe a couple hundred. Maybe two hundred. Okay. Either way, either way, the the old phones will be reduced in price. And And you can't trade in. And you can trade in your old phone to get get the better. So, I mean, if you're in a situation where your phone has just, you know, it's just bad and it's not working. My success is terrible. It lasts literally 20 minutes and the battery goes. Mm. Well, a few months ago, I had to make the decision of do I spend the $50 and add or upgrade my battery because it was at like 74% or something. So do I spend that $50 and then wait another 10 months or whatever at that time for the new phone? Or do I just swap it in and get a 10R? And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll spend the $50 now. I'll wait until September or October and get the new phone then. And that has worked out fine for me because I'd rather do it that way. That was worth it to me. But this close? No, I I would never do it this close. I want to mention some of the other rumors that are doing the rounds at the minute, in particular the MacBook 16-inch version. This is a new MacBook Pro that's apparently coming out in September. Usually the rumors at this time start emerging about what's going to be coming in September. iPhones usually appear in September. We normally see MacBooks in October, so I'm not quite sure... Uh, if this is true or not, whether it's a month out. Um, that's quite interesting. Uh, apparently, it'll have an LCD display made by LG. Uh, Samsung, apparently, they couldn't agree with a, a deal, apparently. <gasps> wow. Um, and I think that's that's interesting to me, because I thought OLED would have been the way to go on MacBooks. Uh, but I guess that's a very expensive thing to do. Um, yeah. Although that's never really stopped them before, <laughs> if we think about no. it. Let's think Mac <laughs> Pro here. Um they do yeah. have a, they do still have burning issues though the OLED I mean everyone loves OLED the display is amazing saturation you know brilliant the contrast. For partially sighted people I mean yeah. certain that maybe Absolutely. a few years ago I would have bought an OLED screen you know like the next day if it had come out because the the picture quality was so good and again I think about magnification if you're using zoom that is going to be pin sharp perfect yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I was, some, I was reading a, a tweet from someone who said they want to try, haven't yet, but want to try the new, uh, was it $5,000 uh, Mac Pro monitor, uh, the Pro Display XDR. I want to try it with Zoom. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I want to try it with Zoom as well, because if that, if that zooms in, and in any way is that picture pixelated, 
then that that whole thing should just be flung in the sea. <laughs> yeah, but how much of that is down to the actual display technology rather than down to the magnification software and the graphics driver that's that's driving it, you know? I, I don't you don't know. get it with Zoom text on a PC. I mean, come on. They must be able to fix this. Well, it's just a Mac in it. They're all terrible. <laughs> oh. oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> I'm loving my Mac. I'm He's loving it. I, I, want, I want to talk a bit about you and this Android thing. So is the Android love, is it failing sean are you are you maybe having a bit of a a moment here no 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 i'm still loving the android it is struggling with commitment are you i mean we learned earlier you haven't married uh, your lovely partner yet so you know i can't i can't he does have commitment commitment. issues yes (laughs) (laughs) no look it's still great um there are some third-party apps i've noticed a dropbox there are some issues with so yeah i suppose that initial honeymoon period of oh the initial reaction to this installing this app that it's great it's it's fine, but then once you actually start digging into it, there are a few unlabeled buttons. But on the whole, I've got to say, it's it's great. I am still loving Android, um, but I am missing some of those apps. I am missing FlickType. I've got to say, that's Ooh, uh, yes. I didn't realize how much I used that and how much it did speed up, you know, uh, replying to emails, which I'm terrible at anyway. But I just, yes. if I've got to type it on an on-screen keyboard, I always just put it off. I think I'll do it later on, and I always forget. So things like flick type, things like soundscape, um, I really am missing. Um, but aside from that, I, I think Android, honestly, I, I wouldn't mind which phone I got now, and that's something I, I never thought I would say. So it's great. I will say this, though. Someone told me, uh, 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 someone who's a rehabilitation officer did say she finds that people with low vision find Android a lot more easy to get into than people with no vision. And I've tried using it for a few days with the screen curtain on, and it does make a huge difference. I do find it much more difficult. The uh, The way that you scroll through lists isn't as exact on the iphone you move a page at a time and you know you're at the top of a list and you're at the bottom of a list on android it's far more hit and miss i've got to say that using it uh with the screen curtain on or no vision is far more tricky so i can see there possibly being an issue there so it is terrible and you'll be coming back to iphone after ios 13 no no it is not terrible. It is definitely usable. No, and in is, some cases, usable, yes. I, like... I, think, I think I've just found the analogy, the perfect analogy oh, to end. No, oh, of no. course. This is it. I think just by what you were saying there, I think it's just made me think about how using Android is different to using the voiceover on, on the iPhone. Okay. Um, it's like climbing up a shaky ladder versus <laughs> using a set of stairs. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> No, that's not true. Look, it's great. It's just... Either way, you're huffing and but puffing you know and out mean. of breath when you're at the top. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't deny uh, that. We, we end where we start, back with fitness. Uh, right, look, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much. Look, I know you've been emailing in in your droves. I apologize. We will get to those emails next week. It's all Sean's fault. It is. Um, it is. So we are gonna, we're going to fix that next week. We'll start off with the emails next week. We'll get through as many as we can. Uh, thank you so much. Keep them coming, though. Feedback at AMI. Dot C-A. Uh, Sean and Tim, it's been great as always. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget the podcast. You'll find it online at ami.ca. We'll catch you next week. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. 
watch The Pulse on YouTube, or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.